podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Attention Social Security and SSI recipients. If you did not receive an economic impact payment for your eligible spouse or dependents, you may need to file a 2020 tax return with the IRS and claim the recovery rebate credit. Go to ssa.gov EIP to see if you need to file a tax return and if eligible for other refundable tax credits, like the child tax credit. That's ssa.gov EIP. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a kid we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. More than noise, it's the club. It's me, your host, Phil Casey. It is the club brought to you in association with the Pitch Sport Football Fan App, giving the fans a voice where you can get your free download of the app on the App Store and on the Google Play Store. We continue on with our look back at the World Cups um, while we've no real football to talk about and Gav has done all the talking about transfers and jerseys and all that type of shite as well. So tonight we've got a scaled down crew. There's just three of us to talk about it. There's myself, there's Keith Plunkett and of course there's Gav Doyle, the host of everything else. We were meant to have other lads in but due to the fact that none of them gave a shite um, they didn't bother to turn up. Uh, so here we are. So Keith, how are you? Good, good and yourself? I'm... I'm world class. Excellent. Felix Felix is Dan's left peg here at this uh-huh. moment of time. That's 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 how I'm rocking. Could you feel better? Like if I had Ronaldo's right peg, I'd be as happy now. I'd be the happiest man alive. Gav, what great to have you along. I oh, heard yeah. that this is your this is your specialist subject, is it? <laughs> when you told me earlier, I tried my best to get out of this, I'm gonna be honest with you. And uh, I said, lads, listen, I'll step out, let let Dick go in and do it, and then Dick will come along and said, Lads, I broke my laptop. Um and I said, does that mean I have to do the pod? And Phil said, yeah. So I had, I just Wikipedia this woke up. Because all I can remember is a fella headbutting a fella and chipping a penalty. That hit up the bar and went in. That's all I can remember. Talked about that all night. You know, so. But I have Wikipedia That's... open, so look, I'm trying my best. <laughs> well, well, don't don't tell anyone you've got Wikipedia open because I'm going to go in and edit some of the stuff on Wikipedia now. We'll see how many people really listen carefully, right? We just make stuff up. I'll throw stuff in from the seventy World Cup. And no, I'm, I'm I'm using Wikipedia for the simple reason is it just jogs me memory. You know, there's been so many tournaments. Like literally, before we come on here, we are going. Isn't this the one where on handled the ball and and the all the Irish lads were down outside the French Embassy giving out loads? And I was like, no, I don't think it is, lads. So that's how. You know, that's how they get thrown around in your mind as the years go on. So uh, yeah. I've looked up a little bit and I have been reminded of stuff already. So we're, we're good to go. I won't let you down. I have to say, I, I, I always get excited when a World Cup comes around. And anyone who's listened to the podcast over the years will know from the 2000 and... How many World Cups have we done? We've done 2014. 
2014 and 2018. They're the two World Cups we've done since we've been doing the podcast, right? Um, and not, I'm not talking about the ones we've covered, but but mm. in, in the real ones, right? Yeah. And normally, I've, I've robbed all the songs that represent the teams and stuff and used them before and everything, because I get really up for it, right? But it's it's really strange, because I, I wasn't on last week because of, of trying to edit that podcast we did with Trev and everything like that, which I'm still trying to edit. Um, but, like, these, these World Cups now, of 6, 10... 14 and 18 like if somebody played a match from any of them I wouldn't know which World Cup it was outside of looking at the names of the stadiums yeah. whereas all the other whereas all the other World Cups before that so 2002 98 94 um, 90 and I even remember 86 yeah they're, 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 they're all very visually yeah they're all very distinctive and all very visually different this to me is sort of the first of the bland ones or not when I say bland I mean it's just visually they all look the same at this stage yeah it's all homogenised isn't it by this one It's and I agree 100% with you and what Gav was saying there it's like this one and 2010 might as well be the same tournament do you know what I mean like it's hard to nearly differentiate between the two of them and I yeah I agree with that like I what you said there 1990 the, I don't know if it's cameras and all that sort of thing the, everything about them was just you'd see a clip of it and you'd know straight away 94 World Cup, France 98. Whereas these ones, yeah, like I think it's the Germans, lads. It's just German efficiency. Um, yeah. They they get everything right. Now, well, genuinely, yeah. it is. It's um the two things that strike me about looking through this World Cup, uh, for, like what you're saying is right. It's it is probably the fourth World Cup where. You know, South Korea and Japan, the one previous was, you know, oh, it's South Korea and Japan, it's just something different, you know, that way. And, of course, you had the Saipan incident and you had loads of stuff going on that World Cup. It was a brilliant World Cup, I thought. But this one was where they all start kind of molding into each other. You know, you, you're trying to, I'm trying hard to differentiate between, you know, this one and, and say, even Euro 2008. Where was it? Yeah. Was, was it? Where yeah. the fuck was that on? Um, That was Portugal, wasn't it? No, Portugal was 2004, wasn't it? Who knows? 2008, Who knows? 2008, I think it might be in Holland and Belgium. Yeah, um, 2010 was South Africa, which was a difference again because it was in Africa. But again, you're trying to think around it. It's German efficiency. But the first thing that hopped out at me when I looked at the groups was this is probably the first World Cup that I can remember where really top seeds were top seeds, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. You know, there was, yeah. like, I think there's one group in this where I think Argentina and Holland are in together. But other than that, you're looking through it and you're like, you know, Germany topped their group as hosts, and Ecuador and Poland and those groups there. Like even England, you know, I think they've Sweden, Portugal, Mexico, Angola, and Iran. You know, yeah, like so it was. It, it, it was the, probably the first World Cup where I thought these are just nailed on top seeds here. There's going to be the, it's the first one where I thought FIFA just went all the best teams, lads, in the last sixteen, yeah. and the, the, we're, we're going to take no risks about it. Here, Keith, on that, like you know, it's almost like the because at this stage, and I, I suppose this goes back to the point about the the force of the bland World Cups. This is at this point now we have a clear separation in world football. It's Europe and the Champions League is the pinnacle of the sport, and international football is very much now a second class, yeah, um, brother to what that is, right? And even well, though we still get excited because it's like it's four weeks of non-stop football. That real, as, as as Gav says, that idea that everyone was rel- the teams were relatively equal doesn't exist anymore because you've got your Italy, you've got your Germany, you've got your Spain, you've got your France, you've got your Holland, you've got all these powerhouses that represent the key leagues in Europe, which feed all the teams into the Champions League, and this has now panned out in international football. 
Yeah, at this stage, it's it, it, the surprise element. Sorry, this World Cup had got a lot of African teams that had sort of come out of nowhere and made their debuts or whatever. But the Europeans, where the Champions League was in a, a golden period, already we just won the Champions League the year before. But the English teams were were a force at this stage. The Italians were still a big a big draw and it really it was the haves and the have nots really in this World Cup. There, was there a group of death in this? I don't think there was like No like when you look when when you look through it like Switzerland and France are paired together after both coming out of the group that Ireland were in uh, ironically yeah. in qualifying. Um and then the other one is, is Holland and Argentina. Everything else like Italy, um as we go on to talk about them at length later on, they've gone at the Czech Republic and, and United States. You know that kind of way. I think Brazil are in a group with Australia, Croatia and Japan. Croatia weren't the force that they, they are now. Australia were just, you know, unknown. Not unknown in the world of football, but they hadn't done anything in the in the world of football of no. You know, and just just scrolling through them here like you're looking going like Spain the, the only Spain the only had Ukraine, is, Tunisia and Saudi Arabia, you know that kind of way. Yeah, the only real group though that then is the Argentina, Ivory Coast, Holland, and Serbia group yes. because that's essentially essentially the old Yugoslavian side. You've got Holland, you've got the Ivory Coast, which is like it has emerged as a powerhouse in the in the in in Africa at this stage. Who are the lads that were playing for the Ivory Coast? Because they're all big Chelsea players and Arsenal players. Well, that, yeah. right? You had Solomon Kalou, Drogba. You would have had yeah. Lord, no, not Lord, um, brothers. Yeah. All those, and they were they were playing at the top end of the Premier League, and like then you've got Argentina, of course, who has all the the geniuses. Is this Messi's fourth World Cup, or did he miss he's, this? Yeah, no, he's in the squad in this one. He's only eighteen. Uh, I don't think he sees much. I think he gets much playing no. time. I don't think he does. I think this is this is one where he's he's sitting on the bench, and like I think the Argentinians are calling for him all the time. You know that 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 type of thing. It was a bit similar to um, Diego in '82, wasn't it? Yeah, before he goes and dominates the World Cup in '86, and it was a real case of waiting for the king to arrive. And from an Argentinian perspective, um, who was their main man? Well, Mascarano was there. Saviola was obviously playing at that stage. Cambiasso, I think, was their big player in this yeah. in this tournament. Hell, he was just yeah, okay, me. You've got Tevez, and for me, like when you look back. You've got Maxi. Maxi was unbelievable in this. When you look back at these, though, this is like when you think about it, these lads are quite recent players. So it's not like when we talk about 90 and 94, they seem so distant. We all have memories of these lads either playing for teams that, that, that Liverpool played against or even playing for Liverpool. Like, you know, you think about Heinze at this stage, he's, there's the whole thing about Liverpool want to sign him and being at United and all that shit that went on. You've got obviously you've got Mascarano. We were trying to sign Saviola for about four hundred years. You've got Hernan Crespo, who obviously scored against us in two thousand five as well. So all these, like when I look back at, like you're not looking at lads like, who are they? Or you know, I don't remember him at all. We, you know, the players that were involved in this, and I suppose it's it's also the advent of twenty four seven television. Right, look, we won't go as much deep into because I'd like to get this done a bit quicker than we've done on the, the previous World Cups um, in terms of what it was, right? But, um. Going into this, right, we've got the, I think the who are the holders? Brazil are the holders. Yeah. We've got a, we've got another powerful Brazil attacking force. You've got um, Ronaldo, who's sort of on the wane at this stage. You have Adriano, you have Ronaldinho, um, and Robinho was in around it as well, wasn't he? Robinho was in around it as well, and it's, it's the the in terms of what it is, um, and they were clearly they were one of the top seeds to expected to do well, in it. and there was this question about. I don't had a had a 
South American side still hadn't won in Europe at this stage. Would I be right? Yeah, yeah, probably right, yeah. I think, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, if you go through them, like... Yeah, Brazil won it in America. Argentina won it in Mexico. Argentina won it in Argentina. Yeah, that's probably right. And Brazil won it yeah, in Brazil South Korea, South Korea Japan. Japan. Yeah, Brazil won it in Sweden in 58. That's the last time a non. That was the last time in. Um, the last time a non-European side hadn't won a European World Cup, if you exactly. know what I mean. I think that, exactly. that was the fact um, around yeah. it. And, and are we coming off the back of this? Is post the Greece now, or is that I don't know when the fucking that's Greece, no Greece. Yeah, Greece won the European Championships yeah, in 2004 and not qualified for this. Isn't that right? Oh yeah. Yeah, they missed out on qualification for this. And Cameroon and Nigeria had also missed out on this, despite them having been representing the World Cups up previous yeah. to this and being the big African sides that were there as well. It was a big change for Africa because, yeah, you're right, two uh, stalwarts to the last few years, um, Cameroon and Nigeria, and then were replaced with Ghana, Togo, Angola, yeah. Ivory Coast, all making their first, um, first tournament. So it was a big change from that, that point of view. Okay, so and this was also the, the there was more. I remember when this was awarded, there was more this tournament being awarded to Germany because it was all the thing they wanted to have a tournament in Africa, and there was a, there was a voting controversy around this that they 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 just managed to get over the line in South Africa, them and them were level. I think after the second round of votes. Yeah, the way the, the way the way the voting went was there was four countries went for it. it was Germany, South Africa, England, and Morocco, and after round one, I think England were really hopeful of getting this. And England I, thought they were getting it. I remember after at the 96. Time, yeah, I remember at the time England were really, really hopeful of getting it. And after the first round, they were gone. You know, um, Germany, had got 10, Germany had 10 votes. South Africa had six. England had five. Morocco were able to run it. And, and you're right, though, in the second round of votes, um, both Germany and South Africa are on 11 votes. And by the third round, Germany win it by one vote. Mm. And there was bribery and corruption allegations. Um, All over the shop. Uh, everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> Like just mad, like you know. You've got lads, lads. Look, look, let let me let me read let me read let me read everything here, right? Accusations of bribery and corruption had marred the success of Germany's bid from the very beginning. On the very day of the vote, a hoax bribery affair was made public, leading the cause for a revo. Where do you hear this? On the night before the vote, German satirical magazine Titanic sent letters to the FIFA representatives offering joke gifts like wafer, cuckoo clocks, and black forest ham. In exchange for that vote for Germany, this is what was going on, you know, um, mad stuff like there was um, Oceania delegate Charlie Dem Charlie Dempsey, who was initially backed England, had then been instructed to support South Africa follow England's uh, elimination. He abstained, um, saying there was too much pressure on him. You know what I mean? <laughs> and you know, uh, and yeah, uh, let me see. Sepp Blatter, who favoured the South African bid, would have to cast aside and vote. And then Germany get it. Like he's he's supporting South Africa. He gets to cast a vote, and Germany end up with it. You know what I mean? Mad stuff. Yeah, it it when you it's you could do a show on it on your own about that, couldn't you? The every every World Cup are talking about the corruption, but the more Seth Blatter is getting involved, you could, it's getting so blatant and so clear the amount of crap that goes on. Yeah. Well, that's the onto the group stages, right? And we can probably whiz fairly tr- quickly through because going back to what Gav said, outside of the Brazil group, and probably having a quick discussion around the Holland group, and actually the France group is an interesting one as well. 
the rest is more or less how you'd expect it to go. Spain walloped through the group. They, I think they what they've they win four nil, three one, and one nil against them. Um, Ukraine and then Tunisia and then <coughs> like to be fair, if they're not getting out of that group like that, but like the Ukraine come out second. That was the when the Yamanda Farmer was in goal from remember the big huge curly headed fucker who's I think he played in goal, still playing in goal from at the moment for the Ukraine. Um, oh, he was meant was he not the fella that was like massively rated? Yeah. No, no, that you're thinking about the Russian guy. I'm thinking of the Russian uh, fella. I'm thinking of the Russian fella, sorry. That yeah, was that never makes a mistake until he was on television. Yeah, which happened to be every time he was on television. Then his arm fell off. Yeah. <laughs> was is your man's name the the was he Denisov or? Is I'm sure. Shakovsky doesn't ring a bell, but he had a big, huge Corley Muppet head that he played in goal. Was the, Could have been him. Yeah. No idea. Um, but yeah, so that was relatively straightforward. I think Italy's group, they had Ghana in that. So Ghana were the sort of surprise African team in this because the Ivory Coast don't get out of the group, which we'll come, we'll come to now in a second, right? But Ghana come out of a group with Czech Republic and the US, and the US were heavily tipped in this, if you remember, because they'd done all right. Obviously, they'd done really well in 94. They'd done all right in 2002 as well, um, and everyone thought they were going to do some damage in this one. Um, and instead, they got hammered in their opening game and then they drew with Italy in the second game and then got stuffed by Ghana in the last game. Yeah, beaten to um, one by Ghana in a game that was like, if they'd have won, they'd have got out of the group if they'd have won. Yeah. You know, yeah, um, yeah. Ghana actually, it was a winner takes all nearly in that um, because Ghana and United States go into that on, I think Ghana are on a point. Um, let me see, Ghana are on, end up with six points. Yeah, but they go yeah, in with three definitely. and one. You know what I mean? They end up with yeah. they end up with six points if they go through. But like, like again, just looking through the groups, there's nothing. There's a couple of groups where you go, okay, there's two half decent sides in it. Who'll finish first and second? Like Switzerland and France, you know. But there's no, there's nothing there where you're going, oh, that's a surprise, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. Maybe Australia getting out of the group ahead of um, Croatia, maybe. But but this 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 is this is the mad group because Australia may have not have gotten out of this right. They 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 played Japan and there was controversy over the goal the Japanese score. Um, they were went the Japanese, but they awarded a penalty or Schwarzer goes mental because he gets impeded in in the build up to the goal or so right. Um, and the referee is Saudi Arabian I think right. And afterwards he's rumored to have said to him, um, he's. God smiled at him today because he made up for the mistake that I made, right? Um, and they come back and they win 3-1. But in it, he was impeded. Schwarzer was flagged or, or fell, was, was fouled, was convinced he was fouled in the build, but it turned out that the defender, who was your man, the fellow that played in England? The, um, or he played for, yeah, Lucas, played one over. Lucas Neal. Oh, Lucas Neal. Lucas Neal. Lucas Neal. Like literally threw the Japanese player into Schwarzer. If somebody goes back, it's like a fella playing rugby. He just picks him up and throws him against Schwarzer. Right? Schwarzer goes down in a heap of the ball and is bundled over the line by a Japanese player. Right? There's more going on. Um, but then Australia going to win that one three one, and then they drew. They draw with Croatia, and I think that yeah, because the, the Croatia game is a winner takes all. Yeah. But that's the game. That's the game. That has one of the standout moments in this tournament for me yeah. because Graham Paul and uh, obviously the English ought to be uh, an all English officiating team um, managed somehow to award three yellow cards to Simonic, um in that game. Was it and that game or was it a knockout game? No, it was that game. No, it was, was that, it that game. game? Yeah. 
he gives he gives he gives Simonich the first yellow card in the sixty fourth minute, and then he gave him the second one in the ninetieth minute, and his third one in the ninety third minute. And I had it on um, Wikipedia on the match thing, three cards beside it. It's it's madness, madness. Yeah, yeah. So that was the thing, but that was a winner takes all for those. Well, it wasn't. If, if Australia drew, they went through. If Croatia won, they went. They would have gone to four points, and Australia would have been on three points. But like. Uh, 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 apart from that though Brazil basically romp home with this they beat Croatia 1-0 that was the only tight game they had in the whole bloody thing then they thump Australia 2-0 but this is Ronaldo has scored goals again and they've got Adriano before obviously drink wrecks his career yeah. and then Ronaldinho Ronaldinho's on fire in this tournament as well Kaka Kaka as well yeah like you know when you look at that Brazilian team now looking back at it you're going how did they not win the World Cup do you know what I mean because I'd argue that that was a stronger team than the 2002 team that did win the World Cup. I don't know. I think the 2002 team was probably better myself. But yeah, it's it's not a bad team here. It's um, Dida in goal. He was a bit shite now, in fairness. Um, Everyone says that Dida was a top goalkeeper for it. The reason why we think he's a bit shite is because of what happened in 2005. But he comes back and wins the, the Champions League in 2007. Like, yeah, so. but in general, I just thought he was a flaky keeper, to be honest. But then again, who was the keeper in 2002? Marcos, I think, was the keeper for them. And who remembers Marcos? Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. those Brazilian keepers were famous for just being non entities, really, just standing back there, wouldn't he? I suppose Dida well, was probably the most famous. One. Well, Rogerio Saini, who's his substitute in this, is, um, of course, the legend who oh, yeah. uh, takes penalties and free kicks and scores about 150 goals. Has he got small feet? Was. No, he was a freak. All right. He had big feet. But Julio Cesar is the backup keeper to Dida. And yeah. people probably argue across the course of his career, Julio Cesar seemed to be a more solid keeper than Dida. But like, I'd say Dida was, 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 was class as well. But like that, you, you've got the fellas who've come through from the 2002 World Cup. You've still got Lucio there. You've still got Cafu. You've got then Roberto Carlos is still there. But their midfield has sort of changed around from what was theirs. And this is the one they have junior... The Juninho from Leon yeah. in this one, and you've got Gilberto or Gilberto. Gilberto Silva is the is is in this. This is the he was playing for Arsenal. Yeah, but we also had um, Zaire Roberto and Emerson in midfield. Um, yeah, and they, that was a solid midfield as well. You know, Emerson was a was a good player back then. Zaire Roberto as well um, had really uh, powerful enough midfielder. But like you look back at it and you think, oh, he was a bit shit. But when you think about it at the time, they were good players. Do you know what I mean? They yeah. Were, they were good players yeah. in a great team. Yeah, they were. They were. But they, they romped through this group. How many goals, is, I think, let me see, how many goals does Ronaldo have on this? He probably has about 10 million goals, does he? No, he obviously doesn't score too many because of what goes on afterwards. But the the one three one two two. 2 does he get two goals in this one? Looks mm-hmm. odds on to be. Yeah, I think he looks odds on to be coming definitely in the reckoning for the for the um the golden boot again, which would have been some doing had he managed to secure golden boot three tournaments in a row. Uh, group. And that was he it. only got two in the group, but I think he gets two more in the knockout stages as well, which leaves him with four. Um and not to give not to give the, the game away, but closer wins it on five. So that's 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 one. It's, it's a pity because he's, he's such he would have had such a legacy had he won three golden boots on, on the spin. The players look to the captain. The captain looks to the manager. And the manager looks to you. It's time to be heard. Pitch is the new app. 
that gives football fans the voice you deserve. Get your views sent straight to media pundits, commentators and the club you love. From dodgy penalties to rating match performance, make your opinion count. The manager's looking to cut him off and the fans agree. Download the Pitch app for free today. Be heard. Attention Social Security and SSI recipients. If you did not receive an economic impact payment for your eligible spouse or dependents, you may need to file a 2020 tax return with the IRS and claim the recovery rebate credit. Go to ssa.gov EIP to see if you need to file a tax return and if eligible for other refundable tax credits, like the child tax credit. That's ssa.gov EIP. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. Um, right, look, we go to the toy group, which is Holland, um, the Holland-Argentina Ivory Coast and Serbia group, right? Um, the Serbian team is full of players that we all recognise as well. The Ivory Coast team is full of players that we all recognise. And I guess going into this, people would have had Ivory Coast as dark horses in terms of what they could potentially do um, with such with such powerhouses in the group as Holland and Argentina. Because this is a heavy, heavy... Um, What's the word? The Premiership and French laden Ivory Coast side. Yeah, very much so. Mm. Very much like, so. Who they are? Well, you've you've got like what you've a bit away from Arsenal. You've got Colo. You've got Drogba, Chelsea. You've got Colo, and you've got yeah. Is Yaya in that squad, is he? Yeah, Yeah, he played in the first game against Argentina. He had this was his breakout tournament, if if I'm if if I'm right in thinking so, because he's at he's let me see he was at Olympiacos at that stage. So this is his breakout moment. You have Colo Torre, you've got Yaya Torre, Didier Zakora. I remember Didier Zakora. He played for, played for Spurs for a good while. Aruna Kone. didn't he? Was he at Everton or something or Wigan? Was it Wigan? They're both the same, like so. And then you've got, um, yeah. And then you've Drogba. Like it's mad that Drogba doesn't do much, isn't it? Yeah, I, I'm just, I'm just trying to think back to, um, just on like, because a lot of people listening will will be looking to see what we thought of England and this. And uh, I'm looking through the England squad and I'm thinking, Jesus, like they had a really good side again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, it's all the time. Though. Neville, Cole, Gerrard, Rio Ferdinand, John Terry. You know, Beckham, Lampard, Rooney, Owen, Joe Cole, who at the time was on top form. You had Saul Campbell that was still around. You had David James, your backup goalkeeper. Carragher was there, Hargreaves. You know, Michael Carrick, um, Crouch is there. Walcott is only young and gets into the squad. Um, and, and I'm trying to think back to it. And again, there's just, like you're saying there about, about Brazil, how did you not win the World Cup? This is like, is this the end of the English so-called golden generation? Um, What's the 2010 of the golden generation? Yeah, I think 10. I don't know. I think they went into 2010. They always go in thinking they can do loads. But I thought between, say, 2002, 4, 6, I think that was, because they don't qualify for Euro 2008, don't they? You know? um, and I think those three terms was where they felt, you know, and Ericsson is at, at the helm, I think, for the all three. And they're thinking this is it, this is it for England. But just again, like they, they just flattered to deceive in this tournament. It's mad, and you know, I, I suppose you could probably say it for a couple of teams in this. You know, like you're talking about um, some of the African sides there and how good they were. But when you look through, when you look through the, 
the squads like of of teams that go out relatively early in the competition, despite having easy enough groups. It's just mad. It's just mad to watch. Like really is like England again. I just you look at that squad going. They don't. I think they make the last sixteen. Do they quarter final? That's it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's mad. Like it's and mad to watch. Wimper, you know, it's they make they make the quarter final. But like you look at you look at this group, the the Dutch. Argentina group, right? Like the Argentina thing is loaded. Like the, the, again, here's another side that's absolutely loaded in this World Cup, right? Maybe with the exception of the goalkeeper, which is. Well, I was going to say, right? Abandonzieri is the goalkeeper there. You could, I could do a six-hour pod on the state of Argentinian goalkeepers because they win the tournaments. And you spoke the last time, Phil. I think you mentioned about Roa was yep. went off to see the end of the world and all the year after being in the World Cup. You know, some absolute shite and goal for them. Since the won the World Cup in eighty six, Neri Pompido, I think, was the keeper for that one and yeah. he gets injured in nineteen ninety. Goy comes in, has a bit of a Indian summer that year, but other than that, the keepers have been absolute muck every single yeah. tournament. Even up yeah. until the most recent ones. The keepers are absolute dope, but their squad that team, that Argentina team, we say it every league, every time we do a show like this. Bodiso, Oyala, Heinze, Soren, Maxi. Mascherano, Cambiasso, Riquelme, Saviola and Crespo. That was their team against the Ivory Coast. They brought on Palacio, Lucho Gonzalez and Pablo Weimar. That, that's quality all over that. Yeah. I'm not blaming the, them. They're on them going out or nothing. But I, I don't, Keith. Let's be honest with yeah. you. I'm doing a six-hour pod on how bad he is, so I must be blaming them in some way. But look, you look at this, on this Dutch side who tops the group, um, it's hard now to come second in the group. Um, the level of points, I think it's uh, it's down to goal scored or something like this. This is a mad Dutch side. You know the way we've seen the other Dutch sides where they have like world-class players and everything? This is one of these ones where we all know the players, but are any of them world-class? Like, do you know what I mean? Like you've got... <clears throat> defence was all over the shop. You had, wasn't a fan prank course. There was Bill Rose was in this defence. They had... Uh, who will ever forget the legend of Jan Kronkamp? He was a Liverpool player at that stage as well. Um, and then you've got, but you've got Babel, you've got Schneider, you've got Mark van Bommel. He was going around kicking lads all over the shop. You've got, yeah, Van Persie's in this. You've got um, Johnny Huytinga. I remember him. But did he play for Celtic? Raphael van der Vaart. I played for Everton. You've got van der Vaart. You've got Orion Robin. You've got Ruud van Nistelrooy. You've got Kaku. You've got Dork Howe. Um, and you've, Giovanni Van Broncos, like they're all. It's another squad where you look and go, "What's going on here?" Do you know what I mean? Like we we get onto it in the knockout stages. They go out on the round of sixteen. Yeah, uh, yeah well, that's three Van Persie, Nist, Van Nistelrooy, and Robin. You know what I mean? Like that's played and that's mustard. But then that two centre backs are Andre Uyard and Joris Matthiessen. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't pick yeah. them out of the lineup. No, but like again, just it's it's mad. This but this group anyway. There's 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 two and thrown and I think though Holland and Argentina both come out on seven points each. So to get two wins and a draw was to draw them with themselves. Um, between the two of themselves, yeah, they drew nil all in the last game. So they more or less had it wrapped up. They're on six points each. Weren't they going into it? The only one who could catch them was the Ivory Coast. Um, no, they couldn't. Sorry, I tell a lie because they both beaten the Ivory Coast. So nobody could catch them, and it was a bit of a dead rubber, and it played out that way. This was the one Argentina thumped Serbia six nil, and that was that was the result that gets them over the line of this because they put they have eight goals, <laughs> eight goals for one against in three games. <laughs> <laughs> and the best bit here, Keith, is unlike the Russian lads in '94, 
the, the that nobody ends up as top scorer of the tournament from that Argentina side. Like you're thinking, if a team scores six goals in the World Cup, that the centre forward in that team is going to end up with the goal of the bang. Trick. Yeah, yeah, it has to. Who scored? It must have been loads of different scores. Maxi got two. You got a blade and beauty in that's that. That's right. Volley. That's right. Um, Cambiasso got one. Or did Cambiasso was a beaut as well, actually, wasn't it? Was that the goal of the yeah. tournament? Crespo. I think it was, the goal, it was the goal of the tournament. You're right. And then Crespo and Tevez gets one. And Messi gets one. Yeah, at the end. Comes on. And Messi comes on the 75th minute and scores one the 88. But that's mad, isn't it? He scored in goals in 2006. Little 18 yeah, year old Messi. Yeah. 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 Has, he not, <coughs> has he not just appeared in the Champions League final though, uh, win over Arsenal in, in yeah, the Paris yeah, France? Or the start of France it was, wasn't he? He, he was just breaking yeah. through at Barcelona. That's that was his breakthrough season, I think. That was his forceful yeah. season. Because Ronaldinho was still there and Ronaldinho at the time was questioned about what'll happen when you leave Barca and he's like the, the king is waiting, like, you know, he, he's <laughs> he's raving over Messi. He's like don't give up. Like let's be honest, Ronaldinho did probably didn't give a bollocks. You know, uh, I'm leaving like, you know, I'll just head off to Rio and go on the lash. That's just what Ronaldinho does. But you know, this is Messi's kind of breakthrough season I think um for Barcelona and then obviously it's his fourth World Cup. Um and a lot's being made of Messi's career in World Cups but like he's there's one thing trying to drag a side through, but when you're trying to drag a whole fucking squad through the World Cups he's tried to do were in um I don't think it's any any um how do I put it? It's it's no reflection on Messi as a player when you see what's happened to him in World Cups when you look at some of the stuff he's had to play with, to be honest with you. It's annoying when people use it as a stick to beat him with, isn't it? Yeah. That oh, he wasn't able to carry Argentina again, although a six-hour pod on the state of goalkeepers, Jordan, his fucking international career. He <laughs> be able to do better. Hmm. But like, you, you look at this and... You know the, the the two best teams by far come out in Holland, and, but like the the all the other lads, the Serbian teams have loads of lads that you recognised. As you're saying, the Ivory Coast team had loads of lads we recognised. It's just mad that you know that that Holland and Argentina just walk over, and you're just looking at them going, "How did these teams not win the World Cup?" I actually I enjoy thinking more about how did they not win the World Cup when you look at the, the squads that are in there, and just shows the football can show surprises every now and then. Right, we haven't covered. But I think I think Phil. Well, we're saying that a lot. Like, how didn't they win? How didn't? But what happens is when you when when they've loaded the draw the way they have here in this one, and it stands out to me as I said before, as the fourth one where it's like that's a loaded draw. Like yeah. they literally they will get the sixteen teams they want. Bar Australia, I'd say they'd get them through. All right, and what happens then is is that you'll ask a question like, how did they not win the World Cup? What happens is you don't get any freak results, so you don't get any wild cards going into the second round that might pull off a shock and go out. Oh, yeah, Cameroon in nineteen ninety. Do you know what I mean? So you end up facing really good teams a lot, probably around earlier than you than you would hope for when they lose yeah. draw. It's just to look at the draw then. You know the kind of way. Yeah, uh, we haven't talked about Germans. They get nine points. They did something different in this World Cup. They opened the World Cup. Normally, it's the ho- the holders who open with that, but they opened it. They opened it with a four-two win over Costa Rica. And the reason I remember this is because this is the goal that Philip Lam cuts in and bangs one into the top corner. Um, and it was Jorgen Klinsmann was the, was the manager. They didn't have to qualify. Did they have to? Qual- no, they didn't have to qualify. I think it's one of the last World Cups where the hosts don't have to qualify. Um, and he, but he pings in a an absolute war. The hosts and don't j- have to qualify, do they? Holders do, is it? Would no, the holders you're talking about, Phil. No, I think the changes that the hosts have to qualify these days as well. I know they wouldn't actually. No, no, you can't be doing that. 
Can you not? No, you can't be saying, listen, lads, here's the World wow. Cup. Like, that'd be like going to bleeding, you know, Mongolia and saying, listen, would you build a load of stadiums there for the World Cup? Yeah. Well, you're not in it because you're not very good. Do you know what I mean? You can't be doing that to them. Well, if it was Qatar, you could, couldn't it? Well, no, I don't think you can. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, but no, I know but Jen you... is one of the last World Cups where the holders had to qualify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 One of the things about this German squad was it was a move to younger players. I know he'd said after the 2002 World Cup that um, yeah. it sort of ripped up the, the rule book there. Their squad was very old. Now, there's still a couple of... Um, experienced guys in here but you've got the emergence of Philip Lamb you've Sebastian Schweinsteiger Lucas Podolski had all come into the team um, around this time and gave them a bit more impetus as well you know there was um, a, a bit more verve about Germany that they didn't quite do it in this one but you could see them building up there's, there's a couple of things. The Germans are trying to figure out how do we maintain our sort of global dominance in this. But you also have, in, in the, like this is the one, Balak is at the peak of his career as well. Yeah. And he's 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 top. He's top. Now, if anybody watches back those games, watch the German games. Balak's and watch Balak. Oh, yeah, he's, he's, he's just amazing to watch. The way he, he, the way he graced around the pitch, he's a bit like... He was. A, he always reminded me of the player that's sort of in between an Alonso and a Zidane. Do you know that type of player where he was as comfortable picking out place passes at the bottom of the, the midfield as he was gliding through the midfield and finding space to crack a shot he, off. Well, he, he, he was the he was the player that he was the player for me that the English tried to build up so many of their players to be. You know what I mean? And what I mean by that is Balak Balak could sit at the like you said at the base of the midfield and, and spray passes around. He could get involved a little bit further up. But he was brilliant at arriving late in the box. Yeah. And he was yeah. fucking deadly in the air. If it went yeah. in there, I put it to this way, we look at Virgil van Dijk dominating in the air now. Balak could give him a good run for his money because he just arrived, he had a brilliant leap, and not only a brilliant leap, he was just unreal ahead in the ball. And very big as well. <laughs> you hear about these like, like Paul Scholes, Lampards, and, and they say, oh, he, he gets in the box and he, he arrives late. He didn't. He was fucking standing there. Balak was... Balak was brilliant at it. He just arrived in shot and he was just you know lashing headers in all over the shop. That's he a great point you make there, Gav, because he is literally like all the English midfielders at that time. He done what Gerrard done. He done what Beckham could do. He done what uh, Lampard could do. Scholes could do. He done all of that. He was an exceptional footballer. You know, he really was. And he doesn't get the credit or the recognition maybe that he deserves. Even now, I think he's... Maybe his time at Chelsea taints him a bit in... The Premier League is, you know what I mean? But he was an absolute baller back then. Yeah, um, he, was a and he was. He was picking up that team. And as we said, laying foundations for what was to come with them. You've got. You've also got a 21-year-old Bastian Schweinsteiger now in this squad. Now, it's mad when it's he, this time when he's a winger. Yeah, he would have been a winger yeah. at that stage. Yeah. yeah, and again, he's, he's that unit that's moving. Like, the one thing about this German side, when you look through it, they're all... Units, right? The the outside of maybe Oliver Neuville, who was referred to as a rat in the last podcast, and um, the rest of them are all joints of men, right? Even Podolski is is six foot plus. Like you, are, you when you go against the German side, you're looking up to these lads. Isn't Mertesacker's playing for them? Mertesacker's a kid as well. He's he's only twenty one, and you don't think I don't think Mertesacker's being a young person. I don't. Think I just think of, of him hanging around with Arts and Wenger for the crack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like he was just. Are you still fucking here? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. At the back end of his yeah. career at Arsenal, but yeah, he was young. 
he was young. But like you said, it, it wasn't that they were only tall, they were physically imposing as well. Like Podolski yeah. was built like a brick shithouse and he was lightning yeah, yeah. as well. You know what I mean? Quick and strong. He had the whole, didn't he have the whole thing about born in Austria and stuff like that? I think that comes up in the later yeah. Euros where I think Austria faced Germany and Podolski's playing against us. What was, was, he, was it not where Poland, is, is he not Polish? Oh, Poland. Poland. Poland, yeah. Yeah. Where him and Klose are up yeah, in that. Yeah, yeah. And there's a big thing made of where Polish. Yeah, there was a big. He game. plays. They play. They beat Poland one 0 in this game, and is, uh, did Podolski scored in that game. Oliver Neuven, Rafael himself. <laughs> what, that was in the. What's the issue with Oliver Neuven? Shawnee thought he looked like a rat, a little slave. In. Oh right, so it's not a personal thing. It's just an. It's an optics thing. Okay, sound. Just, just it's a, it's a loss and show. Yeah, like a rat. Yeah, you know, you know, Fucking you know what it was. Rat that fella. Yeah, yeah. Um, but look, that to, to wrap up the the, the group of you because I just can't like as I said, the the, the tournament really gets dark. May as well talk about England. So <clears throat> it is a go another golden generation side, right? And um, this is the one. This is the Paul Robinson World Cup, and um, isn't this the one where uh, Ericsson is trying to figure out how to shoehorn Gerrard and Lampard into the centre midfield? In their opening game, he plays Hargreaves at right back, and he has Carrick, Lampard, and Gerrard in the middle, and Rooney playing up to. Uh, top on his own um, no the opening game is is that not the one one it against Ecuador oh that's that's the well oh yeah sorry of the knockouts yeah sorry I thought you meant England's opening game in the World Cup sorry, sorry I, was, I was looking ahead to the knockouts what was it the first game was against Paraguay actually did he not he couldn't was he start, no he started Gerard in the first game Did he, he dropped Gerard in the second game didn't he um, a third game See. I don't know, Gerard. but it it is the stage. Like, Gerard second as well. Lampard, Gerard, Beckham, and Cole is the midfield. But you this, see, this, the, this this all this all comes around <clears throat> around from two thousand and two onwards, where he's trying to get all these players into the one team. Um, going back to the likes of Scholes and and it, it, it goes back to Scholes, Gerard, um, Lampard. That's the big thing in two thousand and two, I think. But even going back further to was it ninety eight and Huddle. And Huddle's trying to play um, skulls out position. There's, there's all sorts of messing going on. But this is the problem for England. You have a brilliant squad, but he doesn't see it as a squad. He sees it as, I have to get this team on the pitch. Instead of just going, listen, we're going to run. Instead of just saying, listen, Frank Lampard, you're not fucking playing. All right? And what we're going to do is we're going to run, whether it's Ecuador or Paraguay or Sweden, we're going to run them into the fucking ground. And you're going to come on after 70 for Gerrard, who'll get a nice little rest going into the next game, and you can just go mental. And everything would be great. They didn't see it like that. What they seen was, they bowed to the media pressure of the all these players have to play. Do you know what I mean? And that's what that's our downfall all the fucking time. Like when you you're looking at them Germany teams, you're looking at Argentina, Brazil. They don't give a shit if one of them's on the bench. Yeah. You know, like I put it this way: if Lionel Messi was English going into that, Lionel Messi would have started every game for England, played every fucking minute, and they didn't care who was out of the team for him. Because he has to play. These players have to play. And that's where England's downfall is again. Now, it's 2006. Gerrard's at the height of his power. Um, now, people will argue that, you know, come 08-09, he's brilliant behind Torres and stuff like that. But at this time, Gerrard is going around like European Cup winner. He wins an FA Cup on his own, not a month before. Do you know what I mean? He literally wins an FA Cup on his own. You have got Lampard there. You have got great players there. But as a squad, he should have went, listen, I'm sorry, but just three doesn't go into two, and I'm just going to. It, it's like Ferguson done for years. He used to tell players, "You're not playing in October, but you will play in November." And I'll plan this out and I'll, I'll show it to you. But the the media got on top of this again, and 
everyone had to play, and then you're like you said, you're looking at we're gonna put, we're gonna play three at the back, and we're gonna do own Hargreaves or right wing back because we want to get these three in midfield. Madness, yeah. as always with the English. At this stage, I think Sven was too pally with a lot of that squad. As you touched on earlier, he'd been around a while. He'd been to a few tournaments, and I think there was a staleness maybe with them um, at this stage. And it was more of a, what I personally felt, and anyway, I'm not saying it definitely was, but it was very clicky. You know, at that stage, the English setup was, the boys just all rock in, and I'm looking at their team, and it's, you know, it's all who you'd expect, but you've kind of got playing at right back against Sweden with Ferdinand, Terry, Ashley, Cole. Well, Beck, Neville injured. Neville. Neville yeah, Neville, I think, was... Yeah, I think was at right back in... Well, like, two of the games. Yeah, well, like, and then when you look, when you look, like, we go forward into the Ecuador game, like, he does have Hargreaves at right back. He's Ferdinand and Terry Cole. Then he has Carrick, Beckham, Gerrard, Lampard, Joe Cole as a as a midfield five with Rooney up front on his own. But there, there you go again. He's playing a 4-5-1 in a World Cup against fucking Ecuador because he has to get these players in the, in the, in the team. <clears throat> but Gav, was was this the one where Rooney goes in injured with a with, with some injury or something? Like no, like this is the one where Rooney gets sent off. The whole thing around Ronaldo. I think it was the 2010 Inch. World Cup. Uh, Rooney has the metatarsal problem, isn't it? No, that was one of the Europeans. It might have been. It might have been, uh, been 2012 or whatever. It's a later tournament. But um, yeah, because he he was. I think I think it was the one. I think it was the tournament previous to this, 2004, the Europeans, because Rooney was only breaking onto the scene and was seen as this wonder kid going in. And Portugal had Ronaldo, mm. um, because it doesn't end up a Portugal Greece final and Greece winner. Yeah. But I think that Rooney was meant to go in and blow that tournament away. And doesn't he break his foot the last game of the season or something like that? No, no, no. Rooney goes into 2004. Um, brilliant, and he's top. He might be. He might end up top scorer in the competition. He, he runs a muck, but Zidane does England in in, in a knockout, doesn't he? Um, in two thousand and four, going into two thousand and six, was it the Met Harsel? Uh, I don't think it is because I think Rooney ends up one of the top scorers in this tournament. So I think it's later on where he has the where he has the issue, and there's a whole thing around. It's not two thousand eight because they're not, they're not in that tournament. I have a feeling it's, it's South Africa two thousand and ten. But this is this is the one where there isn't a convincing performance in that group stage, by the way, because they 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 scrap through against Paraguay. Remember, they they get an og early in the fourth game. The second game, Crouch and Gerard score within within the last ten minutes against Trinidad, and they've been so so um, speaking down about Trinidad because they had Shaka Hislop, they had Dwight York, the Kevin Jones at that stage was Stern John. They had players that were playing sort of in around the bottom end of the, the, the Premier League, yeah, and, the, and they were just just brushing Trinidad and Tobago side, and then all of a sudden they they basically struggled to beat them on that on that day, and then they go into the last game against Sweden, and for whatever reason Sweden just have a hex over England normally, especially in tournaments, um. And that finishes up a two-all draw. Now, I think they had they qualified by winning the two previous games. They had six points, so they weren't going to be caught. And they might have rested a few players in that match, but then they ended up having to call on the players to come on again. What's Gerard comes on, Saul Campbell comes on, Crouch comes on. And Gerard thinks he scored the winner in the 85th minute, but Larson pops up then right at the end, mm. the 90th, to, to isn't get an equal this, Isn't this the one where Owen does his injury in, the four, in one of the games against Sweden? And was, was it competition. that? Yeah, it, it is. He's, he's playing against Sweden, and he, he breaks it. He breaks yeah. it how I think. Was he breaks? No, was this not the horrible knee injury where he goes to torn? 
No, I thought I thought I thought he gets stamped on, and maybe it's the knee. He goes down under the knee, and he's over the competition. He's gone. Yeah, yeah. Owen has gone after the, after the second game. I think it might have been um, in in the tournament. So that rules him out. But again, it just shows they're just they're just trying to get players into this team that the media feel the players should be in. Do you know what I mean? And that's it's, the, it's that's, the, that's 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 the twist in the injury. That's uh, I just looked at there. It's the twist in the injury where he goes to torn. Do you remember? And he is he's on the sideline. I remember. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I remember. And it's, his leg is gone. That's what happens there. Yeah, I think I think that's the end of uh, of Michael Owen at that stage. To be fair, some cars are comfy on the inside but don't have power on the outside, and some cars have the horsepower but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package, but that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated, and right now Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. Ese último monoguet me toca a mí porque soy la mayor. ¿Y eso qué tiene que ver? Los mayores se respetan. Eso no existe, ¿cierto, mamá? Ya. Yeah. Quédense tranquilas. Aquí hay otra cajita de McNuggets. Respeto. ¿Viste? El no hay rivalidad cuando hay McNuggets, tío. Hay un deal para cada salida familiar en McDonald's. Compra uno de tus favoritos, como unos McNuggets de 10 piezas, una Big Mac, una Quarter Pounder with Cheese o un Fileo Fish y te llevas otro por un dólar. Por tiempo limitado, precios y participación pueden variar válido para un producto de igual o menor valor. Sports Social Podcast Network.